Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show, your source for the latest news and trends in the e-commerce industry. Featuring host Jason Retail Geek Goldberg, Chief Commerce Strategy Officer and Publicist, and Scott Wingo, CEO of Get Spiffy and co-founder of Channel Advisor. Here are Jason and Scott. Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show. This is episode 268 being recorded on Thursday, June 24th, 2021. I'm your host, Jason Retail Geek Goldberg. And as usual, I'm here with your co-host, Scott Wingo. Thanks, Jason. And welcome back, Jason and Scott Show listeners. Uh, if you enjoy listening to this show as much as we do creating it for you, this would be a great time to pause, go into your favorite podcast listening device technology and leave us that five-star review. Right, Jason? Uh, That sounds like a great idea, Scott. I'm glad you thought of it. Jason's mom, they throttle her. She can only leave one review every week or so. So we we need need more help out there from the other, other folks that listen. Cool. So this week, we are talking about one of my favorite topics, Prime Day. Um, So Amazon introduced Prime Day in 2015 as kind of a summer holiday. The first Prime Day was July 15, 2015. And if that's a lot of 15s, it may sound familiar to 1111, which was the holiday that Alibaba created called Singles Day. Um, Jason, I, I don't know about you, but it feels like we just had a Prime Day. So it was kind of a groundhog Prime Day for me this year. Um, but then as I, I delegated to one of our many interns, they did the math and it's actually been eight months. So, um, you know, not exactly a year, but but it, not, also not two months. Did it feel like we just had a Prime Day to you? It kind of did. I was going to say that Prime Day is my like favorite season of the year, but then I realized, well, wait, it's a different season every year. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I have barely recovered. And then, as you know, I work with a lot of retailers. So I've been doing a ton of holiday promotions, like get internally getting ready. So to me, it kind of feels like December just ended. And now we're having Prime Day. I'm like all backwards, upside down and topsy turvy. Did you buy anything on Prime Day? Spoiler alert, uh, no. I totally assumed I would find some stuff to buy, and I I found nothing. uh, There was nothing that I got excited about this year. What about you? I always use Prime Day to load up on my... my little cables that uh, I uh, you know, I have three kids that love to rob my specifically my iPhone cables. So I did find a set of anchor cables that I liked and I bought, you know, they were half off. So I bought a bunch of those. So I am good for um, what probably is going to be another 12 months of cables. Hopefully we'll see. Yeah. My wife has placed a restraining order prohibiting me from buying more, more charging cables. So yes, I, no I, more I dongles not. or cables or power yeah juicers or anything one of my favorite charging accessory companies has been like banned from amazon so that like there was less for me to choose from this year oh bummer what because aki aki okay what did they do i like the anchor stuff i get a lot of anchor stuff but there were some holes in anchors line that aki filled really well interesting well in this episode we are going to go really deep on prime day um, because it is what we know for and to help us out with an analysis of this, we thought we would bring on an expert that has a front row seat and some fresh real-time data on the topic. So we are excited to have, for the first time on the show, David Spitz, CEO of Channel Advisor. Hey, guys. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Long-time listener, first-time caller. So it's good to be here. Dave, we are thrilled to have you. And obviously, we're eager to jump into all the Prime Day goodness 
But a tradition we have on the show is always uh, to give listeners a little bit of background about our guests. So can you tell us how you uh, came to your current role at Channel Advisor? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been uh, a, a techie my whole life. I studied computer science and I was uh, an entrepreneur a couple of times, uh, started and, and sold a couple of companies. And, and after my second company, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And I had coffee in 2006 with this fellow named Scott Wingo, uh, Jason, who I think you, you may know. Um, and it almost never really... goes well to have Scott coffee with Scott, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to keep up. Uh, but since I wasn't, you know, doing anything really productive at the time, he said, you know, he'd asked if I'd be willing to help out on, on some projects at channel advisor. And I, I quickly fell in love with the industry and the customers and the people at channel advisor. And it quickly morphed into kind of a full-time role and, and ended up running day to day, uh, for, for the company. And then we took it public in 2013, I think it was. And, I became CEO in 2015 when Scott became chairman. And so, you know, it's been one of those funny careers where I never expected a, a little bit of side work to turn into a 15 plus year uh, career. But, you know, sometimes you get serendipity. It's been it's been a, a lot of fun. Yeah. And I, by all accounts, those have been the best 15 years in the history of Channel Advisor, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about well, it. Absolutely. Scott, Scott reminded me uh, actually earlier today that this is actually our 20th anniversary uh, on July 1st. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty big year. You know, a lot, a lot of tech companies don't necessarily last for, you know, two plus decades. And so it's kind of kind of cool milestone for us. No, for sure. You guys uh, have definitely... Uh, uh, surpassed the the traditional mortality rate. That's remarkable. <laughs> um, not even for startups, just like like twenty percent of the Fortune forty uh, rolls over every every twenty years. So making yeah. it twenty years is great. Um, and by the way, fun serendipity there. Uh, Prime Day was started as the twentieth anniversary of Amazon, right? Wasn't that the? I That's think right. The, yeah. the mm-hmm. official uh, stated reason for this uh, brilliant invented holiday. Um, so I, I do want to get a little background into why it is that you have such a front row seat to prime day, but just to kind of set the table, Scott and I joked about it a little bit, but just to be super explicit, uh, prime day just ended. It was, uh, June 22nd and 23rd of 2021 last year because of the pandemic prime day was in October. So it was October 13th and 14th. Um, and Traditionally, every Prime Day before this has been actually in July. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so like inside baseball uh, analysts, like normally Prime Day is Q3. Last year it was Q4 and now it's Q2, which is interesting. Um, so that being said, I know a lot of our listeners are super familiar with Channel Advisor, uh, but can you give us the elevator pitch on on uh, uh what Channel Advisor does and why you guys have so much insight into uh, what happens on marketplaces. Yeah, sure. So our mission is to connect and optimize the world's commerce. And so we have a software platform that helps thousands of brands and retailers uh, market, sell, and fulfill on a variety of e-commerce channels. Uh, And fundamentally, what we do is we consolidate and simplify and automate a whole lot of that work so that our customers can focus on, on what they do best instead of spending time on the nitty gritty of integration details and things like that. So our goal is to just make it all uh, work. And we're, we're best known for marketplaces. We started off helping eBay sellers 20 years ago. Uh, and today we support 
well over 150 marketplaces around the world. And uh, by this time next year, we expect it to be over 200. So we're doing a major, major marketplace expansion uh, over the course of, of uh, this year and, and into next. Um, so we're, we're, we're best known for that. And of course, we drive a lot of volume on Amazon, eBay, Walmart, but but also you know, a pretty wide variety of others. And maybe a little bit lesser known uh, is that we're a pretty pretty major player in digital marketing, uh, retail media, social and shoppable media, and shelf analytics, so and, and even fulfillment. So we have a pretty broad platform uh, and we work with many of the largest brands and retailers uh, and channel partners all around the world. And, and really uh, what I think sets us apart is the obviously the breadth of our platform and, and the pace of our innovation, but also the breadth of, of the selling channels we support and, and the fact that we have a global footprint. So, uh, so yeah, so we've been in business 20 years, uh, helping to make e-commerce easier for, uh, for, for everybody in the, in the industry. Awesome. That's a good pitch. I'm, uh, I'm glad I, I handed that over to you. <laughs> <laughs> took, took me 15 years, Scott, but I got it. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, okay. So you have all this data and all these customers and what, what were some of the, the themes of this, this year's prime day compared to maybe other years? Yeah. So uh, I would say we characterize it as fairly robust uh, GMV volumes across the, the two days of prime day, right? So prime day is really two days, as, as you mentioned, Jason. And, um, you know, we, I actually see this as a, as a pretty significant positive indicator for e-commerce because last year, uh, as you guys mentioned, you know, prime day was in October. It was, you know, right in advance of the holidays. We were still, you know, effectively in lockdown mode uh, across the world. And of course, now it's in June, which is typically seasonally a little bit slower. The restrictions are easing, so you'd think that would be sort of a, a tougher comp, both seasonally um, and and you know just with the with the COVID situation. But we still saw growth, uh, and we still saw volume GMV volumes increasing. So to me, that shows that that the e-commerce gains that we've seen over the last year are pretty are pretty durable, uh, and we would expect that they're they're going to continue to continue to um, continue to grow. Um, and, and as I kind of peel the onion, I think a couple of interesting things. We saw uh, faster growth on day one of Prime compared to day two. And so we're, just to be clear, we're comparing the, the two days of Prime in June this year to the two days in, in October last year. So day one growth was was higher and day two was a little bit uh, a little bit lower than the growth rate. But having said that, day two was also the highest level of GMV we've actually seen all year so far in 2021. And that was a pretty big milestone because the the last high watermark was mid March with the stimulus uh, that went out, and and what we've seen during COVID is when there's a stimulus um, you know check that goes out to uh, to to uh, consumers in the U.S. We tend to see a pretty meaningful bump in in, in GMV. So we saw that in March, but uh, like I said, day two of Prime Day actually exceeded that and was our biggest so far um, uh, in in 2021. Um, and what's interesting about that is in the U.S., starting, I think it's July 15th, we're going to start to have advanced child tax credits um, get deposited in in uh, taxpayer accounts. Uh, I'm not sure if it's for every month for the rest of the year, but it starts in July. I think it's the middle of each month for at least the next few months. And if the pass is any guide, we'll, we'll probably see that continue to fuel, fuel some, some e-commerce uh, gain, uh, gains. Um, and then the one thing I would, I would comment on, we'll probably dive into Amazon a little bit, is that um, at least in our data, and I should be clear that you know we're talking about when when I say our data. So all of the sales data that comes through Channel Advisor, we're talking about you know all of the different channels we support around the world. Uh, so that it may not line up exactly to you know what Amazon or another channel sees, right? I mean we have we have a lot of data, but it you know because of our customer skew or whatever, it may not it may not necessarily indicate how a 
a particular channel uh, did. But what we saw in our data, at least, is that Prime Day really seemed to induce uh, a pop in GMV internationally. So we saw about uh, a three times the growth rate, both in Europe and in Asia Pacific, than we saw in the U.S. And we also saw a pretty substantial growth rate in what we call other marketplaces. So the, the big three in our world are Amazon, eBay, and Walmart. Um, and then we have, like I said earlier, a long list of additional marketplaces, whether it's Target Plus or Zalando or Allegro or Auto. You know, there, there are lots of different marketplaces all around the world. Um, we saw we saw that that long tail really benefit from uh, from from Prime Day. Um, now we did see growth on Amazon. I've seen some reports out there that Amazon was was flat. Uh, or even I saw one report that said it was it was down for for Prime Day, but we didn't see that. We saw we saw growth, um, although I would characterize it as as modest. And you know, but I don't really see that as a negative for Amazon. I mean, you know, again, this is a comparison to last October when there was a lot more lockdown activity. It was right before the holidays, um, and you know, the fact that that uh, it, the fact that it's up at all, frankly, in this kind of as we emerge from COVID, especially in the U.S. in a seasonally slower period. Um, I think is actually a, a pretty positive uh, positive mark for for Amazon. Um, now we've had we've had some customers. I've, I've seen some reports that FD, FBA uh, fulfillment by Amazon actually still is a little bit of a bottleneck, um, just in terms of maybe staffing or capacity constraints. So maybe there's a contributing factor there because a lot of our customers are seller fulfilled, not necessarily purely FBA. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me, right? I mean, there's a ton of people around industry that are that are facing staffing challenges everywhere, and and our data tends to skew a little bit more third party instead of first party. So, you know, maybe that that may be a contributing factor as to why we saw a little bit more growth than 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 what we've seen reported uh, out there. Yeah. Uh, so interesting. Uh, first of all, I feel like there's so many things we talk about in this business that are versus last year, and obviously, last year was such a anomalous year for so many things and prime day just being another example it it's really hard to talk about this stuff because you're you're comping against a weird outlier um but uh do you have a uh, and so when you say like man we were we were up versus last prime day but modest growth but you know that that's really comparing october which really kicked off holiday spending last year versus middle of summer in a time where we've never had this big sale before because even our our two-year-old data is july versus june which is closer to you know at least start catching some of the back to school stuff um so I i don't know like would you have a uh when you're thinking about the the comps are are you trying to normalize for those the the different seasonalities or just yeah, I think we we don't try to do that normalization. I would leave that. I remember the episode you guys did um, with the uh, the folks that that published the the you know the e commerce data, um, and they they're really good at <laughs> sort of normalizing yeah. for that kind of stuff. And and that's that that math is maybe a little too advanced for for me. Um, you know, so we don't we don't do that. But you know, it is it is kind of interesting. I mean, if, if I look at like the like for example, the one category that was far and away the fastest grower. This year versus last prime year uh, or last October prime day was musical instruments, right? So, is that like is that because you know something about our customer base maybe skews more in that direction? I don't know. Maybe COVID inspired a whole lot of people to say, well, "I'm tired of being locked up. Like I need a new hobby. I'm going to pick up the you know the banjo or the flute or, or whatever." Um, you know, so like, and we've published a lot of data over the last year about these category trends, like. 
you know, you guys all remember early on, it was like, you know, the great toilet paper shortage of 2020, right? And we had like a 25,000% increase in toilet paper sales in, in our data, albeit from a, from a you know, smaller number, because that's not typically a product that our customers sell a lot of. And then it was like, you know, all these like different categories, like things you would sort of, you know, aren't surprising in retrospect, like, you know, sweatpants or like, you know, home office desks and stuff like that. But then there were some head scratchers, like, I think it was like April or May last year, like bouncy castles, you know, those inflatable bouncy houses. Like it was like a top set, like it, it like popped up in like the top 10 of our categories on, on our radar. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, why are, you know, why are people doing bouncy house? And it kind of like dawned on me, like, man, there's a lot of people stuck at home with like young kids and they're trying to get their work done. And they, they need like a, a semi-secure safe place where the kids can burn off energy where, you know, they're not going to like wander onto the highway. Like what's, what, what a better solution than like a, a bouncy castle. <laughs> oh, heck, so, Jason actually like, put one on the roof of his uh, building, his 30 story building there. It's <laughs> yeah. But then Scott safe, wouldn't come over I mean, and play with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So there's all sorts of category trends like that. And, you know, some musical instruments, the cycle, mobile phones, health and beauty, home and garden was another strong one. Um, you know, and it's just hard to, it's hard to say like, you know, how much of that is seasonality October versus June, you know, it, 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 I'll leave that to smarter people than, than uh, me to figure out. Yeah. I, but side note, I like to call all those people that took up a musical instrument, the pandemic piccolo cohort. <laughs> um, so you yeah, feel free to use that. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I do, I want to uh, jump into the categories a little bit more, but you also mentioned uh big boost uh internet or or a meaningful boost internationally and one of the things a personal hypothesis not grounded in any data that i have is prime day starting to be a victim of the blah of large numbers here in north america that like you know one of the things we saw every prime day was a huge growth in the number of prime members um and those you know prime, oh, there are a lot of people that did their first shopping on amazon every year prime day as a result of recruiting all these prime members and now, you know, we've more than 50 percent of the population are probably prime members. There's a lot of saturation. It's you know, they're selling a huge amount of goods. So it's just hard to grow as fast internationally. You know, in most markets, Amazon's not quite as well penetrated as they are in North America. So when you say you saw some meaningful growth, growth internationally, do you, like, do you feel like that was more on Amazon versus the overall effect here, or was it sort of similar international where it kind of lifted all boats? Well, I would, I would say both. It definitely lifted all boats. I mean, when I, when I look at the list of growth rates of, of a number of our channels that, for example, are in, in Europe or in uh, Asia Pacific, you know, like I look at, at, you know, some of the screamers that were growing, you know, triple digits um, channels like Zalando, which is a German based fashion site, a uh, fashion marketplace. Um, Otto is another one. Um, you know, so there's, there's, I a get lot all my black are... turtlenecks from Zorlando. <laughs> <side note. laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Um, but, but I would say similarly with, uh, with Amazon as well, you know, we saw overall generally strong performance out of various European markets. Um, and particularly strong performance in Australia, um, where, you know, the Amazon marketplace uh, launched a few years ago. So it's, you know, still, you know, probably a little bit more in the growth phase uh, versus the, the maturity phase. But I, I think the notion of the law of large numbers is, is a fair one, right? I mean, I, th I think, again, some of the reports I've read have, have sort of had a little bit of a you know, a little bit of a negative tone, like, you know, oh, is this, you know, is, is this the, the beginning of the end or something like that? And that just feels a little bit strong to me because, 
you know, Amazon can, is is far and away, as as you guys know, uh, the leader uh, by volume. And so there's there's just you know some limits into how rapidly you can grow that that large number. And I think I I think I saw in their release today there are over 200 million Prime subscribers worldwide. Um, and I can't remember if they break that down, you know, domestic versus international, or at least I haven't, I haven't seen that. Um, but I, but I think you're right, Jason. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's only so many consumers in the U S uh, ultimately that, uh, that, that are going to be prime uh, customers and, and they probably mopped up most, most of them. So, so I think that's probably contributing factors is, you know, there's, there's, there's probably more room for growth in some of these international markets than, uh, uh, than, you know, than, than maybe in the domestic market. Any other, um, so on the countryside, any countries stand out? I think you, did you say Spain in the, in the top there? Uh, Spain was, uh, was super strong. Yeah. We saw a good growth in Italy, UK, Netherlands, um, and a few other countries were kind of in, in that range. Um, uh, there were a couple that were a little bit more moderate, but they're relatively small data points for us in terms of volume. So it, it could be just, you know, more affected by one customer, maybe changing strategies or something. So I don't, I don't, I, I think that it looked to me like the overall trend was Europe, you know, looked, looked pretty strong. Uh, and again, APAC, uh, which for us is, is primarily concentrated in Australia was, was also really strong. It's kind of interesting because for a long time we saw, you know, retailers try Thanksgiving specials in Europe and then also Black Friday and it didn't really stick. And then just like in the last three years, it's kind of picked up a lot of momentum. I wonder if, I wonder if there's this kind of lag effect where we create these holidays and, and it takes a while for them to, to stick in Europe. Yeah. I, I think there's probably something to that, you know, just in terms of conditioning and, and often, you know, Amazon doesn't necessarily roll out an initiative globally all at once, right. They'll start in a country and then they'll kind of, you know, as they see success, uh, they'll, they'll roll it out. And we've seen that with various programs over the years. So um, so even, even prime day, I think probably, you know, didn't start off as, as a global event and it's, it's become one and, you know, arguably at this point, it's become a, an even bigger stimulus for, for non Amazon properties than for uh, Amazon. But again, that's probably more law of large numbers than, uh, than anything. Do you know if marketplaces in Europe have started to offer the, you know, here in the U S everyone offers their own kind of counter programming, if you will, to prime days, is, is that kind of trickled over and maybe that's what's driving it? Uh, I no, I'm not aware of any that specifically like try to overlap with Prime uh, Prime Day. Um, I know here in the U.S., you know, Walmart and Target, you know, both had uh, you know some some compelling uh, deal days that were going on. I'm not aware of any that specifically targeted Prime Day in Europe. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see that going forward. But so far, like they haven't had to do that because Prime Day, I would say, arguably has been an even bigger stimulus for for some of these non. Amazon properties and for Amazon, particularly in this kind of longer tail of marketplaces. And I don't, I don't mean that as, you know, inherently negative for Amazon. They're just so much bigger than everyone that, that naturally, you know, the law of large numbers yeah. kind of comes into play. Um, and, and even with the fast growth that smaller marketplaces are seeing, they have a long way to go to be, you know, more than a kind of rounding error uh, in, in the space. But, but I think what's important is it shows that there's still room to create value for consumers. Like we're seeing this proliferation of marketplaces um, and where where they're winning is they create really compelling category experiences, Orlando being a good example in fashion, or they have a regional focus with regional kind of flavor and expertise, or maybe they're focused on cur- curation and storytelling. So, you know, if you, if you just listen to the news, you'd think like, oh, you know, kind of big tech is taking over everything and there's no room for anybody. But we're actually seeing the opposite. We're seeing some really innovation, real innovation uh, in e-commerce channels, and it's creating more diversity and kind of a more vibrant ecosystem. And 
you know, I think that's that's probably a story that uh, that ought to be told more because I think it's it's really it's exciting not just for for consumers, right? Because they have more interesting ways to shop and find products and and have different experiences, and it's it's great for brands and retailers who are are looking to connect with those consumers, right? They've got multiple, they've got more avenues now than they ever have, and so I think that's that's a story that that uh, maybe is a little bit underreported. Very cool. I do want to pivot and ask you a related question. You mentioned up front that. One of the lesser known things about Channel Advisor is you, you really are sort of an operating system for commerce overall and that you have a lot of digital marketing services for, uh, for all the sellers that you work with. Did you see any interesting trends there? Is there anything changing as far as how people are marketing Prime Day? Are they investing off of the primary marketplaces they're selling at to drive traffic to those marketplaces is all as far as you can see? Well, I think I, in the in the sort of narrower view, I think you know it's all about like Amazon advertising and how do you kind of leverage these marketplace advertising programs that are proliferating, you know, now called retail media, right? Um, and and I think that's a really important trend, right? There's a lot of kind of turbulence in the overall market around like just today, Google announced they were delaying um, the removal of of cookies from Chrome for two years, right? And there's a lot of this shift from sort of third party cookie data to first party data and who's got what and who's going to win and so the whole digital marketing landscape is actually kind of undergoing one of those kind of periodic uh, shufflings where, you know, winners and losers will emerge from that. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, there's, there's, because of that, I think it's kind of cracking open new opportunities again, like, you know, whether it's retail media, you know, Shopify has been reported to, you know, be working with, I think it was Buzzfeed, um, you know, and striking some deals to, you know, maybe create like an affiliate network. You've got, you know, obviously social advertising continues to be of, of interest, uh, things like shoppable media. So I actually think that it's probably a more interesting time right now in digital marketing than it's been in years, just because, you know, whether it's Apple or Google, like all these policy and tech changes and the political pressure and privacy, it's kind of it's kind of turning the whole, you know, the whole industry on its head and, and forcing people to figure out, you know, how do they where do they really get value and how do they how do they uh, how do they engage consumers effectively? So but when it comes to Prime Day, I'd say, you know, hey, you know, Amazon advertising, how do I leverage, you know, Walmart media properties? How do I you know, because all these marketplaces are coming up with advertising strategies following in the footsteps of, of Amazon for good reason. Right. It's a hugely profitable endeavor. Um, and, and that's creating a lot of opportunities, even, you know, even some less traditional, you know, we don't necessarily think of them as e-commerce. You look at, at like Instacart, DoorDash, you know, these other, these other players and brands have a real interest in like, okay, you know, there's, there's obviously a lot of eyeballs on these delivery companies. Like how do I, as a brand get in front of that and, you know, and, and start to, you know, uh, connect with and influence consumers and maybe nudge them towards, towards my product. So, uh, so I think the whole digital marketing world is, is a really different place than it was even just a few years ago. And it's, it's probably going to be choppy for a while as people figure out like, what is the strategy they need to embrace. No, hundred percent. I think we're very early in that disruption. So I, like, I don't know what it's going to end up looking at, but it is interesting in the, the more uncertainty there is in the market, it feels like the more advertisers in general want to move further down the funnel closer to these conversion events. And so that's that, that, you know, is kind of creating scarcity of all of these uh, media products that, that talk to customers that are close to purchase decisions. Yeah, absolutely. And, and ultimately that's, that's why we exist, right? We just, we, we try to, we try to be a little bit of a shock absorber for our customers so that we can, we can help, we can help manage all that changing complexity. Nice. Well, David, I know you're you are in high demand, uh, and that is all the time we allocated. So I'm super grateful you were able to take some time out 
and chat with us. And thanks again for for uh, getting us all up to speed on Prime Day. Hey, it was my pleasure. I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, look forward to hearing more of what you guys have to say on the topic. Awesome, Dave. We really appreciate you joining us. And, uh, uh, you know, you took time off vacation, so you get extra brownie points. We may, Jason will send you some of our coveted uh, show swag for that. Um, if folks want to follow your thoughts in the Channel Advisor data that's put out, where is the best place for them to go? Yeah, so you can go to channelvisor.com slash blog uh, for our blog. And obviously, you can follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. We tend to you know, push a lot of our content out there as well. Uh, but I would start on the blog. That's a, that's a good starting point with, for all sorts of resources, including a lot of our interesting data around, around COVID and Prime Day and stuff like that. All right. Thanks again, and have a great rest of your vacation. Great. Thank you, guys. And don't forget to wear sunscreen, David. <laughs> Duly noted. Okay, so that is one uh, set of data. And now you know, our job here at the Jason and Scott Show is to give you a wide spectrum of data, and then we're going to summarize it for you. Uh, Jason, one of the more more popular sources of data on Prime Day is Amazon itself. They always put out a pretty meaty press report, and I have it on good knowledge that you dug into that and are going to share with us what you saw there. I did, uh, and I'm... I, I, uh, <laughs> For better or worse, I think we're also going to share our opinions about each of these data sources because they're they're probably not all created equal. Um, and increasingly, I would say, you know, we always have to take the Amazon's press releases with a grain of salt. Like as any company would do, they're going to position things in the best possible light for themselves. And specifically in the case of Amazon, you know, they like to be in the information collecting business, not the information sharing business. So unless there's a compelling reason, they tend to not reveal a lot of secrets in their press releases. And these days, I would say there's this extra layer that the press releases are mostly written by antitrust lawyers that are trying to bolster their their defense against, you know, potential antitrust actions. So, So take it with a grain of salt. What Amazon tells us about Prime Day is that there was a dominant focus on third party sellers, and they really leaned into all of the quote unquote, small businesses that sell on the platform. Um, they threw out some numbers that are kind of, you know, big numbers that are hard to put in context, like more than 250 million items were purchased by prime members. Uh, the, these were the two biggest selling days for SMB uh, in the history of Amazon and that the SMB segment grew more than uh, 1P sales from Amazon, which, uh, you know, is probably the the antitrust language that got put in there. Uh, <laughs> they they talked about Prime members save more uh, than any previous Prime Day, so the the discount for Prime members were either larger or they bought more. Uh, doesn't say which. And so then always like kind of fun facts to me, um, and something that we'll dive a little bit more into. They talked about what some of their top selling products were. Now this is global, and Amazon is in a lot of markets in addition to North America. So they said that worldwide. Some of the top selling products, and they're not necessarily putting these in any particular order, is the iRobot uh, Roomba, a particular model uh, of the robotic vacuum, a Keurig uh, coffee maker, uh, apple cider vinegar, gummy vitamins, and uh, Crest 3D tooth whitening strips. So an eclectic mix of stuff. In the U.S. in particular, they said top selling items were uh, a water pick electric water flosser, a organic plant-based protein powder, the 23andMe DNA test, the Roomba robotic vacuum, 
as always, the latest flavor of the Instapot, which I think now is the Instapot Duo Plus 6 Quart 9-in-1, for those of you that are looking for a new Instapot. So those were some of the key things uh, from their press release. Scott, anything jump out at you from their press release, or did you have any immediate thoughts after reading it? When I read that thing, I thought, okay, someone's going to have coffee in the morning and then an apple cider gummy, and then they're obviously going to need teeth whitening, and then they're going to take the little things off the strips and throw them on the floor, and then the Roomba will pick them up. That was kind of the use case that popped into my head. <laughs> so that, that's why you need all that in your one cart. Um, but anyway... <laughs> That's a perfect customer journey. You nailed it. Boom. That's exactly how it goes. And then I thought it was interesting. They definitely kind of punched in the press release on back to school. So they talked about a million laptops, a million headphones, 240,000 notebooks, and that would be paper notebooks. Uh, And then 220,000 Crayola products. If all of those were the big pack of crayons, I can't do the math, but that is a lot of crayons. I bet we could line those crayons up to the moon and back. What do you think? Uh, I'm game for that. I know my son, Steven would be a big fan of helping to do it. Um, yeah, I noticed that too. It's funny. They called out a lot of the B2C, B2S products. And if you, um, and when we talk about some of the other data sources, there are other variations of that. I think a very clear trend that got repeated across a bunch of different data sources is activities for kids, uh, was one of the fastest growing sellers. And so, and, um, I could imagine a couple of different hypotheses, hypothesize why that is. Um, but uh, yeah, that that was interesting. Uh, what other data sources were you looking at for Prime Day data, Scott? The, the last thing on the press release is it's the first time I've seen them say this. And they said, every day is made better by Prime. And I thought that was kind of interesting and, and a very, you know, a good little marketing phrase that I hadn't seen before. Have, have you seen that? No, no, I hadn't. Okay. I didn't even notice it in the press release. Good call. Yeah, yeah. It kind of felt like they were trying it on, and I liked it. I thought it had a kind of a good little jingle to it. Um, so I go to Wall Street for a lot of my data, and um, Morgan Stanley, the analyst Brian Nowak, he he does a lot of proprietary models, and, and um, I've followed everybody, and I really like his prime reporting, so I kind of leaned into that one. Um, he his model showed that Prime was about 6.9 billion this year, up nine percent compared to last year's Prime. And when I say that, not not June, but the October Prime Day. Um, so he did feel felt like it was about four billion incremental add to this year. Um, now what's interesting is if you kind of do the Wall Street math, you know, they they care about quarters and year over year quarters and things. So this movement between quarters is a big deal in Wall Street because. You know, it's kind of a pull forward in a way of of what last year was in Q4. Now it's pulled two quarters forward. So um, so it's going to make it very easy for Amazon to produce year-over-year growth, I think, which is interesting because that's counterintuitive because we're comping. Over, we've talked a lot about people are going to have to kind of two-year comp because it's going to be so hard in e-commerce to comp a year because we're at, you know, things were surging because we we're all locked up. So so Amazon, the net of that is Amazon could be one of the few kind of heavy e-commerce people that that shows pretty decent Q2 year over growth. So it's going to be fun to watch that as we report on the show, what's going on. Um, he had a good, uh, he, he also has a chart and maybe um, I'll, we'll tweet this. Uh, I'll tweet this in reply to when we put the show out there so everyone can see the visual. But I like that he lays out kind of the year-to-year trends. So the unit volume, um, so I'll start at 2017 and, and kind of follow this progression. So Amazon consistently releases some data points in the press release, even though it's not super, super helpful. 
But one of the ones they do is how many units were sold. So uh, it's interesting in 2017, I think this was the first year they started giving more information in the press releases. Um, they had 88 million units and then it went 110 in 2018, 175 in 2019, 231, a big jump into 2020, and then 250 in, in 2021. So 8% on units, um, but then uh, uh, you know comparable on the revenue side. So um, you know, interesting, interesting data there. Um, and then the other Wall Street person I watch is Colin Sebastian, and he he does a good job uh, for us. Uh, we'll kind of count him on the research team here at the Jason and Scott Show. I think he would wear that as a, a bad, badge of honor. Um, he he kind of rounded up a lot of data, and the most interesting data point I saw was the Salesforce e-commerce folks, who we know really well, and we've had on the show, and um, you know they gather data from a variety of sources, including the old school Demandware platform. Um, it has a fancy new name. I it's some, is it Commerce Cloud still or if they yeah Salesforce it Commerce Cloud exactly still still Commerce Cloud okay good. Um, and they they basically said that when you line it up against last year, that it was down one percent. And so that was the most. If we kind of bookend this, I think Dave's comments were kind of the most positive out there. So the channel advisor data and and what Dave just told us and the and the blog post were kind of the most positive bookend, and then the Salesforce data seems to be the most negative bookend. Um, and then you know they. They did see a bump. So they, they kind of said June was running 8% up year over year. And then those two days kind of blipped 12%. But then they said Amazon was down 1%, which didn't 100% fit together for me. Because if Amazon was down 1%, they saw for they almost implied that I like read everyone that else. The, they were better. up 12% this June versus last June. Uh, and that uh, they, they were down 1%. Uh, on the prime two days, days okay. versus the October day. Okay, that, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, and then in their data, they said the winning categories were handbags and luggage. Luggage makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I don't know if you've traveled yet, but I actually um, have started traveling again and it is busy out there. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, so so it feels pretty pandemic y. Um, and, but then, you know, there's not nearly as many things open, um, planes flying and, people working. So it makes it feel that much more, more kind of crazy. So um, I could see we're going to, we're going to have a lot of people buying luggage to kind of get back into the travel vibe. Um, the one that surprised me was furniture. I feel like we should be at the tail end of this nesting thing going on or uh, so I thought that was interesting. And then the busy, the biggest losing category that they surfaced was apparel. And I, I just feel really bad for apparel. I just feel like when are they going to have their moment in the sun? It's been like, you know, a terrible 18 months at some point people are going to have to wear clothes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I'll, I'll be honest outside of this prime day data, and they were the only ones I saw that called out apparel in a positive or negative way. But outside of this prime day data, I would say there's a fair amount of data that apparel is probably recovering a little faster than frankly, I would have expected. Right. Cause the, as with all of these trends, there's an argument, is this the new normal or will people revert? Right. And pretty clear we're not going to live in the one pair of sweatpants that we wore for the last 18 months forever um so you know some new clothes would would sell but i would say more work attire and formal attire and things like that uh have been selling than i would have necessarily expected so quickly so i i you know i i can't i don't really have a hypothesis why it would be a prime day loser um Maybe apparel was like maybe they're talking about October versus June and there was a 
you know, starting to be, there was some economic stimulus and partial recovery for apparel already happening in October. I don't know. Cool. And then you had uh, called out some data. Uh, what do you, what did you see? Yeah. Uh, so I do, I tend to think that the, the um, Wall Street analysts are really thoughtful. And one of the things I like is in general, they show their work. They usually give us a model so we can kind of see how they're thinking. Um, from some of these other sources, we don't necessarily get a model. Uh, and so I guess I would be a little more skeptical of the data, but just, you know, it's another data point out there. So people should be aware of it. Uh, Digital Commerce 360, which is kind of the the online version of what used to be the Internet Retailer Magazine. Um, they were pretty bullish on Prime Day. So they do do an estimate every year. They said, and this is going to show you how much variation we have in these numbers. They said that they estimated 11.19 billion in sales over the two Prime Days, um, which would be up almost 8%. Um, so, uh, and they, they do do an estimate every year. Um, so that, that, uh, that 8% growth is decelerating growth, which I think is a universal uh, conclusion, but they're, they are estimating significantly higher sales than some of the Wall Street guys. And again, we don't know exactly what their math is. Um, one other just fun fact that I have no way to validate, confirm or deny from their data is they also have an estimate of 3P versus 1P sales uh, every year since Prime Day started. And uh, on the first Prime Day in 2015, they estimated that like 52% of all all um, sales were were um, 3P, which kind of fits with how fast the marketplace was already growing at that point. Um, the marketplace has continued to outgrow first P party since then overall. But they say over Prime Day that like uh, six, I want to say like 61% of all sales were were 1P. So their data set says that. Prime Day disproportionately benefited 1P versus 3P, which kind of directly disagrees with the, the press release, if nothing else. Um, yeah, that number seems really high. Just So just kind of give folks the the data. So they're at 11.2 billion, and I assume that's GMV. And then Wall Street was, you know, I saw not a lot of variable, somewhere between six and a half and seven so it's almost like doubles. That's that's interesting. Someone, yeah, someone's I'll wrong. be honest, and nobody did this <laughs> to my knowledge, but a uh, a fallacy in all of these numbers are that like people only bought stuff over the last two days because it was Prime Day, right? Yeah. Like, like what you'd really want to do. There's a significant basis, right? If there was no Prime Day, Amazon still would have sold a lot of stuff yesterday. Um, and so what you really want to do is put together a model that had like predicted the basis and then predicted what was incremental because of prime day. Um, and that would have given you a better way because the October basis is going to be very different from the June basis is different than the July basis. And we've got all these complicated factors affecting consumer spending right now. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure it's worth putting together a complicated enough model to really try to try to figure all, all this stuff out. Yeah. How about um, there was a lot of buzz around live streaming and the Amazon live thing. Did you um, I got heads down and I didn't get a chance to go check it. Did you watch that? I did. I was super interested in this because in general, I would say um, two things that were just kind of commerce trends running into this year that I wanted to see if Amazon moved the needle on is 
people are really interested in piloting live streaming um, commerce. Walmart has done a bunch of really visible tests. Uh, of course, like it's it's really taking off in China, and so we're seeing a lot of brands do uh, invest in tests here. And, and Amazon has had live streaming commerce on Prime Day for for a while now, so that it's not a new idea to them. So I was curious to see what they would do differently. And I would say it was a mixed bag. So um, on the one hand, they I would say they de-emphasized it. Like visually, the the Amazon Live, which is their program, uh, the pixels were less prevalent than they used to be. Like like uh, Amazon Live used to get above the fold, uh, top of the page um, visibility during Prime Day. And I felt like in most iterations, uh, the live streaming video was lower on the page. So, so just literally less visual attention than it would ordinarily get. But uh, what they did this year that they haven't done in years past, as far as I remember, is the video is autoplay. So when you go to these pages, the video is automatically running. It's muted and you can turn on your sound. Um, it, it felt like they had a lot more um vendors that were doing Amazon Live spots and they seemed a little more polished this year. And I don't remember if they did this in the past, but this year they showed you viewership. And side note, viewership is going to be somewhat artificial because it autoplays, right? So it doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean they're that all those were active eyeballs. Um, but every time I peaked it, it was fluctuating between like 30,000 and 70,000 people viewing it live. And I I don't have anything to compare that to because, again, if Amazon had that feature in the past, I don't remember it and didn't write it down. Um, but that that is interesting. Uh, I note that they didn't make any hay about it in the in the press release, as far as I saw. Um, so I, I would say it uh, uh, Amazon Live felt kind of incremental to me. They clearly made some tweaks, but they didn't like it. Didn't feel like they leaned way more into it than they have years past or did anything wildly different. Uh, the other, other big, uh, big trend is uh, social commerce and TikTok, right? And so one of the things I was super interested in was, are they going to do anything interesting or novel off of Amazon to drive people to Amazon? Historically, Amazon spends a fortune on Google ads to drive people to Amazon. But you, you know, for example, have no, not seen an Amazon ad ever on Facebook. Um, and for whatever reason, the social network that has brands interested in commerce most whipped into a, a a lather is TikTok. And so, and, you know, a ton of Amazon Prime Day is about affiliates. And so I thought, hey, we're probably not going to see Amazon do anything on TikTok, but I wonder what brands will do some things. And there were some TikTok specific products that seem like they outperformed on, on Amazon. So like, I think one of the top 10 sellers overall was this a string of LED strip lights, these like multicolor lights that you can control with your phone, kind of like a, a cheaper, better version of uh, um, Philips Hue strip lights. Um, and this was a product that was heavily promoted by some popular TikTokers and kind of jumped from obscurity on Amazon to be a top 10 product. So that was a little interesting. Uh, there are these TikTok leggings that were very popular on Amazon earlier in the year. And I noticed they were a prime lightning deal. Um, so I saw some inklings of uh, some some enhanced social media activity, mostly by third parties that were trying to drive people to their deals on Amazon. Um, but I wouldn't say I saw anything like revolutionary or game changing. You know, it was mostly 
executing the kind of traditional tactics that that we've seen before in the U.S. Very cool. Anything else before we jump into the summary? Uh, I, a couple of things I'll highlight really quick. Amazon Prime is or Amazon Day is always primarily about Amazon products, regardless of what they want to say. Um, things like Fire devices and Echoes are always on the the top sellers list. Um, and I, you know, there were a bunch of data that like three of the top five products again this year were Amazon devices. Uh, an interesting thing, Amazon had two tabs on this on the deal. They had an Amazon devices tab where they were selling like uh, uh, Fire and, and uh, Echoes. Uh, and then they had an Amazon Brands tab where they were selling all of the, the Amazon Brands product, uh, a data source that I, I uh, do use for individual product sales on Amazon is Numerator. Um, they have a big panel. Um, and they said that like in home and kitchen, five of the top 25 sellers were from Amazon Basics and Pet uh, during the, the first uh, day of Amazon, that three of the top five uh, pet uh, products were Amazon WAG products. So it it does seem like like the Amazon devices have kind of saturated themselves at the top of Prime Day, but these other Amazon brands are starting to move up the the Prime list. Um, and then I guess one more thing I would point out, I'm super interested in what other retailers counter-program against Prime Day. Um, and so I would say an interesting trend this year is there were a lot of deals, as, as David sort of alluded to, I think this has become a a significant spending holiday in the United States and it drives sales everywhere, whether you have deals or not, frankly, I just think there's more intrinsic spending around prime day. Thanks to all the, the, the work that Amazon does. Uh, but I notice less retailers overtly calling their, their sales prime. I saw them using the word prime less. So for example, target was super aggressively competing against Amazon. They called it target deal days, and fun inside baseball fact, it seemed like Target was doing some really clever things to obfuscate the pricing spiders and not let Amazon see their mm. prices. So ordinarily, you'd see a lot of uh, Target's deal prices on the PDP for Prime. During Prime Day, you had to add them to cart to see them. They were doing a bunch of deals at the at the sort of category level instead of at the individual product level, which makes it harder to, to match. Um Walmart uh, had their event was called Deals for Days, um, and they seem like they more so than I remember in years past were leaning into exclusive products that you could only get from Walmart. So that was kind of their answer to the the price matching. Um, and then Best Buy, I felt like just went right for it, and Best Buy was like Best Buy Prime Day deals, and uh, they were seemingly getting like really aggressive on price and just trying to 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 meet or beat the the Amazon prime price on, on uh, their featured items. So it was interesting just to see that all play out. Very cool. So um, if you sort all that together, what were your three takeaways from this year's prime day? Yep. Um, so I would sort of call out three things to me that uh, because they do try to let all these third parties participate in prime day. Um, the signal to noise ratio on these deals is getting pretty overwhelming. I mentioned I didn't buy anything. It was because I didn't find anything that was an amazing deal. And part of that problem is because there probably were some products that were an amazing deal, but they were buried amongst tens of thousands of meh deals, right? And I, I think I yeah. even posted, uh, I, I got a like a featured deal sent to me that was like $130 standing desk that was on sale for $125. And I'm like, that's 3% <laughs> off 
stuff, <laughs> which I don't know that 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 you know is necessarily a featured deal. So I, I do think the signal and the noise is starting to work against Prime Day a little bit. I do think secretly it's still all about Amazon, you know, primarily selling their own stuff. Um, my my second big takeaway is it's a summer holiday. Like you know, props to Amazon for starting it and creating it, but like you know, it's definitely kind of a plan spending event for consumers. Uh, I think it's still a little early to decide exactly what the impact of June versus July is. Um, I don't know if we mentioned up front, but Amazon claims they moved it earlier uh, to accommodate challenges in the supply chain this year, and especially uh, supply chain challenges that would impact their vendors. But they they didn't necessarily explain why that was. Um, and then, uh, again, I do think it was interesting to see the accelerated affiliate activity and particularly some of these these um, uh, uh, products and campaigns on TikTok and micro influencers driving traffic to Prime Day. So I, uh, those were kind of my three big takeaways. What about you, Scott? Well, I was uh, I agree with with yours, which is uh, actually pretty rare. Uh, and then um, I thought the international growth thing was interesting. I don't I haven't seen anyone on Wall Street really kind of think about that, and that could be you know kind of a little bit of a Q two um, surprise. That, that Amazon shows here. So I'll be watching for that when we do our Q2 summary. Um, so that'll be fun to watch for. And then another one is, you know, I don't know about you, you guys are probably still in school, right? But, you know, here we are in June, we're just out of school. We don't really start thinking about back to school until late July, definitely early August. And I feel like the fact they kind of punched up in the pressure, at least some of those back to school items, maybe they, maybe they, kind of sucked some of the oxygen out of the room there. And, and it'll be interesting to see if maybe, you know, a Best Buy, they specifically talked a lot about the electronics and things. I wonder if they've, they've taken a little bit of the, uh, you know, the, the kind of led the pack on pulling that forward, which could have a light back to school for everyone else. Um, normally I'd say they're not big enough to do that, but they actually kind of are now, right? When you think about these billions of dollars that we're talking about, they, they could put a pretty material dent in the back to school, especially certain categories. Um, and then the third one I would say, uh, is this kind of knock on effect is really fascinating to me because, you know, if I kind of think back to 2015, you know, it was definitely an Amazon only thing. And it's pretty interesting that it's having this, this kind of pin action into other retailers and marketplaces and things of that nature. So, so I think that's kind of continues to be surprised. Um, I would say kind of a bonus fourth one is, I'm I'm disappointed that we're not seeing more innovation. You know, the the live stream stuff I've seen is pretty lame. Um, outside of startups that are doing cool things around, you know, like opening collectibles boxes and kind of niche, you know, niche compared to overall e-commerce, they're they're big niches. Um, I just haven't seen anyone kind of crack the live stream thing in the US that yet. And and you know, if anyone could do it, I thought maybe Amazon would, but I'm not sure we're gonna see it there. Yeah, I was I was waiting to see some cool um, Twitch play on live streaming where they bring Twitch into Prime Day in some innovative way that we haven't uh, thought of before and didn't really get that. Or maybe even I, another hypothesis I had that never showed up was uh, they should be live streaming from Whole Foods. Like they should be having chefs and stuff doing doing uh, deals in Whole Foods. And and they actually went the other way. I think Prime Day was less of a big deal in Whole Foods than it was last year. Yeah, yeah, clearly they need to hire you and I to solve this live stream thing. 
Yeah, I'm not available. I don't know about you. It's it's too much fun trying to help everyone else unsuccessfully compete with Amazon. It would feel like cheating to it would be like going to the Patriots. Like, what's the fun in that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I do want to. Uh, I feel like we're way over time, but uh, I do think the back to school thing is interesting. You, I, I haven't thought about it, but you're exactly right. Like, you know, they did Prime Day in October last year, which kind of preempted the normal, like holiday sales and that you know they tried to get that first dollar of holiday spending and so you know maybe in a way they moved to june to get the first dollar and back to school spending and there's a way in which this might have been an extra smart year to do it because i you know you have much older kids i i you know have a a just graduated kindergarten about to start first grader and in our family and in many families we talked to last year felt a little bit like a lost year like we felt like our kids probably didn't make as much academic progress as they would have if if the pandemic didn't hit. And so I think there are a lot of parents that are trying to catch up a little bit over the summer. And so I I think like potentially a lot of the purchases I saw, I mean, best-selling things were still like uh, homeschooling tools, like, like educational posters to put up in your, in your house, um, you know, teaching alphabet and geography and things like that. So I, I wonder if, if, uh, Amazon kind of tapped into this, uh, you know, parents spending more on uh, helping their kids uh, have a little more education over the summer and and that that, you know, tied in nicely to kind of pulling back to school into the beginning of summer instead of the end. Yeah, these folks at Amazon are pretty clever with how they think through this stuff. It's damned annoying, really, if you think about it. Uh, but Scott, that's going to be a great place to leave it because we have uh, exceeded our allotted time. Uh, as you mentioned up front, this would be an awesome time to jump on iTunes and finally leave us that five-star review. Thanks for joining us, everyone. And until next time, happy commercing. You've been listening to the Jason and Scott show for all the latest news and trends on e-commerce and shopper marketing. Subscribe to us on iTunes or visit www.jasonandscott.com. 